everybody. Welcome to the Homemakers Podcast. We are really excited today to have another author with us today. Today we are talking with author Katie Reed, the author of A Bavarian Christmas. And thank you so much, Katie, for coming on the podcast. Thanks so much for having me. This is a blast. Yeah, we love having authors uh, on and screenwriters because uh, I just I love finding about the process of creating a story. I think it's so interesting. But when did you first get started uh, writing? When when did you first know you kind of wanted to 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 write? Well, I've always liked it. Even since I was little, I used to read the Babysitter's Club, you know, when I was in elementary school. And I tried to write a story like the Babysitter's Club for a contest in fourth grade. And the thing about it was most of it was just about their outfits. You know, this person <laughs> wore this kind of thing. And it was the 80s, too. So maybe that just played into it. It really wasn't a very good story. But I've liked writing for as long as I can remember. I got, I would say, I had an English minor, or minor in college and a special ed major, English speech dramatic arts minor. And, you know, so I always liked it. You know, writing papers was fun for me. And I, I wasn't very great at math. So I knew like, hey, if I had to ever write something, I would be a-okay. But I got more serious about writing in about 2014. Um, 2018, my first nonfiction book made like Martha, Good News for the Woman Who Gets Things Done came out. And then we'll talk more about A Very Bavarian Christmas, but that's fiction. And I didn't think I would necessarily write fiction. I didn't know if I could, you know, come up with all those things. Mm-hmm. You did? Were you somebody that watched a lot of like Hallmark type movies and stuff like that or uh, something that... Uh, interested you as far as coming up with a fiction story? You know, I, we did not, I mean, dare I say this on this podcast, like we did not have the Hallmark channel. Like I could only watch it when I went to my sister-in-law's. I changed that this past season after the book was written, but we watched, (laughs) you know, I had seen them before Uh and I'd watched the a little bit lackluster ones on other networks, shall we say. There's a couple (laughs) good ones, but I knew the formula, right, ish Mm -hmm. of that kind of story. And my family and I actually, it was summertime and we went to a Christmas store in the summer Mm. and we loved it so much. And I thought, surely someone has written a book about a place like this. And I decided, Mm -hmm. well, I'm going to do that. And I had read, I don't know if you're familiar with Bethany Turner, but she writes rom-com, clean, wholesome books. Mm -hmm. And once I read her books, I was like, oh, I could write fiction because I can write like romantic comedy style, which are the type of movies I like to watch. And so that was kind of like, I don't picture myself writing historical fiction and doing a bunch of research about different eras, but I know pop culture and- Mm -hmm. I'm a romantic at heart. And so I thought, wouldn't it be fun to write a story almost like it's a Hallmark movie type feel, but I also wanted to include some things that were surprising, maybe a little Mm -hmm. bit heavier than some of the things, a little more peril, if you will, Mm -hmm. um, because I wanted people to relate to it, yet know it was a warm and light read as well. Yeah, that is one thing that definitely stood out to me in reading the book. We'll talk more about that. But yeah, I wondered if you had, uh, you know, kind of read, uh, I haven't heard it. What's the name of the author you said? 
a Bethany Turner. Bethany Turner. Okay, cool. Yeah, because it definitely had sort of a feel of like a Debbie Maycomber or that kind of a of of that type of story. So I was curious what had been your influences uh, in in your writing. Yeah, basically uh, reading so- Bethany's book. Basically reading Bethany's yeah, books and visiting the Christmas store. And we live in Michigan. And so it is winter for a lot of the year. And so it's kind of funny that I wrote the book in the summer. I'm actually working on the mm-hmm. sequel, which is a sequel that takes place in the summer. And it's summer right now. So that makes it slightly easier to be like, what does the weather feel like right now? Yeah. I would want to write something that's in the summer just so I have an excuse to to take a uh, – a, uh, experience vacation (laughs) absolutely yes there are some places that i want to go for research you know yeah for research and i have an idea for like for this to be like three parts and the last one i want it to take place in bavaria like in you know germany Mm -hmm. so i'm like i definitely think i'll have to go visit (laughs) yeah i just have to i otherwise the book is just not (laughs) that would be my strategy that's for sure uh, so you are a writer and a singer, uh, according to your website and everything. And and uh, so I'm just curious about the singing part of things. Uh, that is that something you also did from an early age? Yeah, probably before I started writing, I started singing. My family is a very musical family, but you know, writing songs and writing books. I mean, definitely different, right? Because with yeah. a with a song, you have to say what you want to say really fast. Obviously, with a novel, you can drag it out. But the coolest thing happened as I was writing A Very Bavarian Christmas. I usually came to my husband's office. He works at a church because it was quiet. And we have five lively, wonderful kids. Yeah. But I need quiet to be able to really let the creativity flow. And I was sitting here and... Um, I was part of a writing group at the time. I don't know if you've heard of NaNoWriMo, but it's yeah. na- mm-hmm. no, November's National Novel Writing Month. And so I was part of this group where we were holding each other accountable to writing our books. And these women were writing about like World War II and like, you know, people in poverty. And like they said, oh, I was crying last night while I was writing my book. And I'm sitting there going, I'm writing a rom-com. Like, I don't know that I'm going to cry. You know, I'm not going to kill off a character, you know, by murder or something like that. But as I was sitting here, there's this moment in the book. The main character's name is Holly Noel Brigham. She's a 30-something. She had to move back home. You know, typical story. But life just hasn't turned out how she expected. And there's this – They go. she goes to a concert in the book – And at the concert, a woman sings a song that really is pivotal and kind of her change of heart. And so I wrote that song for the book. And the really cool thing is that on the audiobook, a New York actress read it and she sings the song right on the audiobook, which I just love bringing those together. When I wrote my first book, Made Like Martha, we did the same thing. We wrote a song called Daughter. It's available on iTunes and Spotify and all the things um, that kind of summarizes the book. And so I love bringing the two kind of writing things I do, you know, the songwriting mm-hmm. and the book writing together. Yeah, I had never heard that in audiobook because I listened to this on audio book, this, the Barbarian Christmas, and I had never heard a full song on and uh, on an audiobook like that. That was really cool. 
I'm glad you liked it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was really neat. And, and it's such a, a thing about Christmas, you know, when you get to hear uh, a Christmas carol. It's perfect. Right. Mm. That's, that's neat. So would you consider yourself a pantser or a plotter? Probably a pantser if you do NaNoWriMo. Well, here's the thing. Like, I'm a firstborn girl, type A, like to plan things. But when I write, it's much more of this, like, I'm going to sit down and be inspired type of thing. Mm -hmm. And once I have some of those ideas formulating as I start writing, then I kind of will plot out very loosely, like our plan out very loosely what's coming. Sometimes I have to write out of order because I'm inspired to write a certain chapter. But I remember my friend Lee, we host the Martha Mary Show podcast together, and she will sit down and like she has sticky notes. She has a whole map for her book. I'm more, especially with fiction, like I'm going to see where the characters take me. Mm -hmm. And that happened in A Very Bavarian Christmas. There was one character who became a way bigger part than I expected. And I know this might sound kind of hokey and weird, but my experience writing fiction, it was like I was peering through the like the woods and watching these characters walk down a path. And I was going to kind of follow them and see where they went. There was one thing I really wanted to happen in the book. And it just like the story wouldn't allow for that. It didn't feel genuine to the characters. Mm -hmm. And so some of it was me telling them where I'd like them to go. And another part was just me seeing how is this all going to play out? So I don't know what you would call mm -hmm. that. Maybe somewhere in the middle. Yeah. Yeah, I've actually done NaNoWriMo four times. I It's been a while. I haven't done it since uh, I started the podcast because November's pretty busy for me around here. Absolutely. <laughs> but, uh, but I did love it. There's something about that, just the ritual of every day just writing that was very, like, very therapeutic. Yes. And you know, that was crazy. Like I had written probably 15,000 words on the novel before I started that. Mm -hmm. And I, I did finish it within the month. But like my family, I don't know what they ate. I mean, it was like maybe some eggs, like it was <laughs> yeah. all encompassing. But it, it was a really great way to crank words out. And as I'm working on yeah. the sequel now, it's like, okay, if you set a word goal like that, even if you get behind or you get ahead, it shows you that it is possible. Yeah. You're like cold cereal and canned soup for, <laughs> for the month. That's right. That's right. <laughs> ho, ho, ho. We'd like to take a second and thank our sponsor for this episode of the podcast. It's the Hallmarkies Patreon. Do you love Hallmarkies podcasts, especially at Christmas? Do you enjoy the holiday previews, recaps, interviews, and bonus episodes? If the answer is yes, please consider supporting the Hallmarkies Patreon. We need your help to do what we do both during the Christmas season and all year round. But not only do you help a podcast led by strong, independent women by becoming a Patreon, you get to become a part of the Hallmarkies family. Starting at only $2 a month as a patron, you will have access to our Facebook Patreon group where we talk about the movies, shows, and more all year. We also have many monthly patron watch-alongs with guests like Lacey Chabert, Natalie Hall, Paul Campbell, Mary Lou Henner, and more, giving their behind-the-scenes details of their films. As a patron, you also have the chance to provide input into the podcast and even join us at different tiers. So this Christmas season, spread some cheer to the Hallmarkies Patreon and become a member today. You won't regret it. Go to patreon.com slash hallmarkies to learn more. 
That's patreon.com slash homeworkies. So a very Bavarian Christmas. Why don't you kind of mentioned a little bit of what it's about, but uh, why don't you just sort of tell the listeners kind of what they can expect when they. Sure. So, so Holly Noel Brigham is the main character. And I have to tell you that I have a friend named Holly Noel, and she oh, really? she loves Christmas so much. I mean, she's already <laughs> counting, you know, she's all year long. And when I was thinking about writing this book, I'm like, how perfect of a name can you get, right? And so I yeah. messaged Holly, and I'm like, Holly, could I use your name in this novel? And she was thrilled. But, you know, they're both brunettes, but that's about where the similarities stop because my character cannot stand Christmas. Her birthday's in December. She used to love it, but she had a family tragedy that happened right around Christmas and it really jaded her. And so we see her kind of walk through that process of something that happened when, you know, she was young, having to deal with that as a 30 something. She has an art degree. She had tried to do this community startup in Chicago. It fell through. And so she's so embarrassed to have to come home. And now she's using her art degree on personalizing ornaments at this mile-long Christmas store. So definitely not how life was supposed to turn out. And she's single. That's not That wasn't her plan, you know, at this stage in the game. And so it's really kind of her journey to heal from some things in her past. She has some fractured relationships. And also, like, there's a couple guys in the picture, and she's trying to kind of figure out you know, who might be right for her if either of them are. And so we follow that journey as well. I think one thing that's unique about this story is that really some of these supporting characters have quite a big role. A lot of times when you watch a Hallmark movie, you know, it's really mainly about the main characters, maybe a couple other people, but they're almost in every scene, right? Mm -hmm. Well, it's not the case with this because I wanted it to be more of a community feel, And not everyone's goal is to find a significant other, right? People have some different goals in mind. Some people have lost people. And I just wanted this to feel like people could read it and really relate to the various characters, not just the main characters. Yeah, that was one thing that that surprised me about the novel is that there, there were some pretty intense moments. Like it wasn't really all that light and fluffy like if it was on if it was a hallmark movie if it was made into a hallmark movie this would definitely be a hallmark movies and mysteries not hallmark channel <laughs> right where they did not, have more maybe emotion. not quite lifetime but maybe between the two right? <laughs> right yeah 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 not it's not a cautionary tale by any means but uh but yeah i i just I was really surprised. There's some family drama. We won't give any anything away for people to want to read it, but that that definitely felt pretty intense. And and uh, what kind of made you inspired to sort of go down that route? Well, I have a nephew, and he said to me one time, as you know, I would go over to his mom's house and we watch, you know, have a Hallmark movie marathon. And he said, you know, Mm -hmm. I don't like watching those because that's not like real life. And like Mm -hmm. my life is basically not going to turn out that well, was kind of what he was saying. And so there's actually, I got permission to kind of use a line like that in the book that one of the characters says. But, you know, I think in some ways we like that predictability, right? Mm -hmm. That it's all going to turn out in the end. Yeah. But like I said, I really wanted people to be able to relate to it in the here and now. 
to not just be like, oh, well, her life's perfect. That's easy for her, you know? But to realize like we all have things we need to heal from that might be holding us back from what is right in front of us. And there's a line in the song, kind of the theme song we talked about that says the key to peace is turning to face that which holds you down. And so I think sometimes we just try to plow through, you know, the Christmas season can be really hard for people. I also wanted to showcase that, that like you might be grieving, especially at Christmas, and that that doesn't mean you just have to put on a jolly face and, you know, bake a thousand cookies, you know, that to acknowledge that space, but then also to point people that even if life doesn't look like how you want it to, there are still good things to be enjoyed. And so that's really kind of the overall theme. Well, and forgiveness is such a theme of Christmas, uh, whether it's your Christmas carol, whether it's uh, even just the the whole story of the atonement and the birth of Christ and everything uh, that, and it's not always like forgiving in the sense of you did something to me, I'm going to forgive you. It also can be that hurt, that disappointment you know that we can feel in life and in the christmas is a time when we should try to see the good in people and to forgive people uh for maybe not living up to whatever high standard we might have had and uh and i i'll never forget when i interviewed sarah montana one of my favorite interviews she's a hallmark writer and um she she suffered a horrible tragedy in her life and she has a great TED talk where she talks about, about uh, the key to forgiveness is, is acknowledging your wounds and, and then, and then working through those wounds, like just right. pretending like it doesn't happen. That doesn't help anything. Those wounds are still there. And I, right. I always thought that was such a beautiful way to kind of talk about it because it may, they may not have even known that they wounded you that's there right. and and it's such a great time i think also partly because it is the end of the year so it's a time of kind of retrospection and thinking about how we can do better and what we can do more and and uh so it, it all it's all there yeah for sure mm-hmm. and i love what you said like just acknowledging that hurt i mean yeah. we see that in the novel too when holly gets honest with mm-hmm. how you know upset she is with what she felt like was guaranteed to her and didn't happen and all that, then she really actually starts healing faster. Now, that doesn't always happen. It's not like there's this timeline. But when she got gut honest, she was able to really see some tractions going forward. And I've seen that in my own life, too. When I just try to pretend it's all fine, you know, it's really kind of like a, you know, a volcano, right? That lava is still there and trying yeah. to, you know, burst from the surface. And I think as we, you know, are in the Christmas season, it's such a wonderful time in so many ways. But sometimes if we have difficult relationships in our lives, those the heat can get turned up for sure. As we're navigating schedules or different comfort levels or different traditions, whatever that looks like. And so my hope and prayer is with a very bevering Christmas that it does even help people heal, like in a fiction book. And Mm -hmm. as writing nonfiction before, there's something about writing fiction where I feel like the reader's guard is down a little bit more because, you know, it's a lighthearted read, but yet there's moments that my prayers, they can actually help heal just from reading about Holly's story, you know, a fictional character. 
Yeah. Yeah. And you can, you, it's, it's like they draw you in with the lightness, but then it surprises you with the things that you can learn from it. Yes, for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you have two kind of, well, I guess three, but you have two main contemporary male characters that are involved in Holly's life. You have Frank and who is co-worker of hers. That's very fun. (laughs) And uh, then you have Nick uh, who is more challenging to her. They, uh, they, butt heads you know it's kind of our classic dynamic and they're fun together as well and how did you kind of come up with both of those characters well it was interesting because there's also another character right her coworker andy and it was funny mm-hmm. because as i was getting ready to launch the book and my launch team had read the book they all loved andy you know what i mean they're like what about him i'm like oh he's a little too old for her you know um but anyways yeah so frank is just a really quirky guy a little younger than her he's the boss's grandson works at the mile long christmas store and i just kind of wanted him to be over the top you know holly mm-hmm. is pretty serious and so she needs someone in her life to lighten her up to um, make her smile, to make her roll her eyes. And, you know, Nick is a little more, um, he's mysterious a little bit. Like he kind of has a shady past and he just seems to show up wherever Holly is, which, you know, she causes her to be puzzled. And um, and they just kind of are out of sync a little bit. And so it's just interesting, these two dynamics of, you know, Nick's a really nice guy, super handsome, you know, Frank's kind of the boy next door. And so it's interesting to just, it was fun to play between the two Mm -hmm. of them because they definitely offer Holly a different kind of thing. You know, for Frank, you know, a downside is that he's going to probably stay in Bavarian Falls for life. You know, he's running the family business and Holly does not want to stay there. She wants to get out as soon as she can. Whereas Nick, you know, he's kind of a mystery as to what his future plans are, but he seems to take Holly a little more seriously than Frank does. And Mm -hmm. so, again, she has to kind of evaluate that. Yeah. Well, and they... And you get sort of, I would say, Frank's kind of commentary, too, on her life and her relationship, which is fun. Mm-hmm. For mm-hmm. sure. I like that. That was good. And uh, so with five kids, how did you have, find time to write this book and do all the other stuff that you do? That's very impressive. Well, I have a wonderful husband, Adam. <laughs> And in fact, he he's funny because when I started writing this fiction book, I'm like, am I writing too much? And he goes, I mean, you're writing a lot. He goes, but you're smiling. He's like, when you write nonfiction, your brow is like furrowed and you're like stressed that you'll get the theology right. He goes, but you seem to be having a blast, which makes it a blast for the family mm-hmm. too. But he's super supportive. Um, you know, he gives me time to write. He's we're very much a team, but one thing that helped with the writing process is, you know, there there is a kiss, you know, or a few yeah. in the book. 
And so I asked Adam if he would help with kiss research. And so we had to try out, you know, some. So he's all for more fiction books and more kisses in the books. But, you know, like I wanted it. Like a kiss is so important. Yeah. Obviously. And it had to be right. Like, where does the hand go? How does it feel? You know, all those things. So anyway, yeah. he, he enjoyed that. And another thing I did just to motivate is when I would get, um, you know, so much of the book done, we go do something fun as a family. Okay. And so that really helped them want me to be able to finish as well. It was easier to write it in the summer too, because I'm, you know, my, our schedule isn't as crazy, obviously, but it's always a team effort when an author writes a book. You know, if you're just an island writing totally alone mm-hmm. with no, <laughs> you know, input or whatever, like hats off to you, but it takes a village um, to write a book. Yeah. And so there are tense moments for sure, especially when I was doing NaNoWriMo. It's like, okay, I've got to get this done um, by this deadline because I am earning that badge, right? Yeah, yep, <laughs> for yep. sure. Um, but my, they're all they're all troopers for sure. Yeah. My sister is published author, so we've seen that a lot. She's she's done. She just had her first graphic novel published, but uh, her name is Megan Wagner Lloyd, and she. Uh, she did p- some picture books and then now has a graphic novel and, and a regular novel coming out. And so, yeah, I can definitely relate to, to that. She has three girls. And uh, so, yeah, it's, it's a, it's That's a group so exciting. Effort for well, sure. And maybe yeah. she does cold cereal too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for her sure kids. She does. <laughs> Although here is a cool thing. When I started writing more, my oldest daughter started cooking more and she's actually going into culinary art after high school and so it was kind of a cool trade-off so Mm -hmm. it wasn't totally just eggs and cold cereal that's good (laughs) did you feel like you needed to get in the christmas spirit uh while writing even though if if it wasn't christmas i guess it was during nanowrimo and yeah when i got to nanowrimo and we live in michigan and so there was a great snowstorm it could have even been in october that it snowed but or november and so we have a pond out back and evergreen trees and there was one day I'm working on it and you know the sun is out it's snowing there's these like a berry bush outside and so I took a little video and pictures because I'm like I'm gonna need to remember this you know like when I'm writing just that feeling of Christmas and we also Mm -hmm. um like I said, like I took brochures home from this, you know, Christmas store we had visited and was like just pouring over it, you know, and looking mm-hmm. online at pictures of different places around the country that are kind of those Christmas theme Hallmark type villages that we see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that I would think I'd be drinking a lot of hot cocoa. Yeah, a great excuse <laughs> for it, right? <laughs> yeah. That's good. Has your husband read the book? now? Well, I have like read parts of it to him, you know, Mm -hmm. like throughout the whole thing. So as I would read a chapter, I'd like read some of it at dinner. So, you know, there's, they're, they're like tired. I mean, they love it, but they're tired of it. So then I was starting the sequel, you know, and reading stuff. And actually my husband's had some good ideas for plot twists and that kind of thing. Uh You know, my daughter had as well. I read it to my daughter and niece as we went along. And so it's, it's fun to incorporate their ideas because I might not have thought about it that way. Sure. That's great. That's really good. Well, I enjoyed it. I, I, I thought it was a really good listen. I, I listened to it on the audiobook, 
and it was nice uh, to get some Christmas spirit in uh, in the audiobook, and uh, I think people will really enjoy it. It's got some it's got some heart to it. It's uh, got some humor to it. It's a uh, it's a really nice, sweet little uh, Christmas novel. Well, thanks so much. I appreciate mm-hmm. it. Yeah. We'd like to take a second and thank our sponsor for this episode of the podcast. It's the Hallmarkies Merch Store. Are you looking for that perfect gift for the postable, hardy, or hallmarky in your life? What about getting that t-shirt or hoodie that will help you stand out at your next holiday party? Now is the time to check out the Hallmarkies Merch Store. Full of festive designs by artists like Jessica Miller, Carrie from Walmart Comics, and more. You can even have more than just shirts, but totes, cell phone cases, notebooks, mugs, and more. And it isn't just Hallmark. We have designs for Anna Green Gables, Man from Snowy River, The Nanny, and more. Every purchase at the merch store goes to help support the podcast and allows us to make the great content you know and love. There are frequent sales, so go to tpublic.com slash stores slash Hallmarkies or see the link in the description. That's tpublic.com slash stores slash Hallmarkies. We like to end our interviews with some fun, silly questions. And since you wrote a Christmas book, I had to give you the Christmas version of the silly questions. So (laughs) I'm excited. Bring it on. Yeah. Ready? All right. First question. What is your favorite holiday drink? Has to be hot cocoa. Yeah. Definitely with whipped cream. Maybe a little tro- chocolate drizzle and a little crushed Andy's mints on top. Oh my gosh. Doesn't that See, sound good? Yes, your house is the place to be, I think. <laughs> for hot cocoa. Yeah, I mean, hot, hot cocoa or eggnog are the most popular. They'd be on the uh, on the family feud <laughs> poll. That's right. Number one and number two. <laughs> yeah, I am not an eggnog person. I just not one bit, but people in my family do like it. Yeah, yeah. I like it a little bit a little bit diluted like it's a little too strong and thick uh uh-huh. from the from the carton so i like to put a little bit of milk in, like that's, a little that's a good idea i might enjoy yeah. it better that way too yeah that's what i like all right what is your favorite holiday cookie or treat okay so my mom used to go to this cookie exchange with these ladies and mm-hmm. one of them would make Buckeyes. Do you know what these are? Like peanut butter mm-hmm. in the middle with a hard chocolate. Yeah. But she would only get like three of them, right? Because they're all <laughs> swapping. And so right. my sisters and I would fight over those things. And so one time my mom made some from scratch, but some of the recipes have like paraffin in the shell. And I remember it started on fire in the microwave or something like that. But I I still love Buckeyes. And I even love my husband so much that I will share you know, I'll give him one of yeah. the two or my mom has saved for me, but I think those are so good. And well, I, I think I even talk about them in the book. I mentioned them. You can, you don't have to put paraffin in, but you could put a little bit of um, like coconut oil. That'll do oh, yeah. the trick. And that's probably a little better for you. <laughs> a little better for you. That'll do the trick. Uh, and uh, then, yeah, you can, those, I mean, anytime peanut butter and chocolate, hello, that's going to be delicious. Yes, for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The good choice. Okay. Uh, what is your favorite Christmas song or carol? I really like Oh Holy Night. I love hitting mm-hmm. the high note at the end. That's one of my favorites, but probably more of a you know traditional contemporary, if that's you can use that in the same word or same phrase, is I'll Be Home for Christmas, which we talked about that yeah. in the book too. But there's something about that that is just – 
I don't know, it's equal part sad and nostalgic. And, you know, in the Christmas of 2020, mm-hmm. we actually couldn't go home for Christmas. And so I shed a few tears, you yeah. know, singing that song. But that's just, we sang it in choir too. Love that one. Yeah. I'll be home for Christmas must be expensive because it's hardly ever used in Christmas movies. And and I I think that it would fit in so many different ways. And especially when they have these scenes where they're dancing and they yes. put it like silent night or something. You're just like, no, that's not, that doesn't work. Um, and, uh, and I just think I'll be for Christmas would be perfect in this scene, but it must be, it must be costly. That's the only thing yeah, I figure Well, out. and I think like silent night and those, uh, Christmas carols are like public <laughs> domain. Yeah. yeah. Right. So I it's think just you're like, why something. are you slow dancing to this hymn? It's, <laughs> it's weird. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but have yourself a merry little Christmas. That's one of my favorites. And, uh, and I'll be home for Christmas. And uh, and the thing about Oh Holy Night is it's tricky. I, I, I Usually when I hear that it's about to come on one of these Christmas movies, I kind of cringe to myself because, because usually it's just a really hard song. It's incredibly difficult. Yes. Most people don't have the pipes to pull it off because it goes really low and it goes really high. Yes, you are, <laughs> so you are correct. Like... It, it's easy to not for it to be lackluster. Yeah, I'm always just like, are you confident that you can hit that high note? If not, pick another song, do something else, <laughs> please. Because <laughs> even like Mariah Carey, like some of the divas, they've sung that song badly. It's really hard. Yes. <laughs> So that's one of my common Christmas uh, Christmas movie rants. I was like, oh no, all oh, holy night. Oh no. Uh, but all right. What is your favorite classic Christmas movie? I really like Miracle on 34th Street mm-hmm. in black and white. Like the, yeah, yeah. or color original. restored to it. The original. Yeah, black and white. And and if you read a very Bavarian Christmas, you will see. I talk about that, and there's a little element that's similar mm-hmm. in uh, from that movie as well. But I just thought when I was young, you know, I guess disclosure, parents, if you're listening, I'm going to give away a <laughs> Santa secret. But when I was young, I was like, is that guy really Chris Kringle in the movie? I mean, they, it just I was so intrigued of how they yeah. played all of that. It's such a good one. I I absolutely love it. I I'm with you underrated romance romantic movie too like their chemistry is so good that's probably also why i like it you know it's just yeah yeah. all right uh let's see here uh what is your favorite holiday tradition that you have to do every year i think one thing with my husband and kids is we'll watch elf and we'll have you know popcorn and treats we mm-hmm. will not have spaghetti with syrup on it during it, but <laughs> sometimes we set up the Christmas tree that night and it's just so fun. And it's still funny after all these yeah. years of watching it. Although I will say, I feel like it's about time for either a sequel or just another movie like that, you know, because it did come out a while ago, but we're still going strong with it. Well, two things. One, you should definitely check out the animated stop motion animated film of elf they have the music from the broadway musical in and it's really charming it has that like rankin bass sort of feel for Uh like the old school you know like rudolph and stuff like that it has that feel 
but it's new and it's Ooh. elf. It's really good. And oh, then thanks. the other thing is you sh- you should watch Enchanted because it's basically the same story as Elf, right? Except for with a girl. Yes, true. That's good tips, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, they're both they're the thing. Both of those movies they have very winning lead performances. That's part of it. Also, everyone is totally committed to the gag. Like, there's no yes, like, there's nobody who's not sort of taking it seriously and. And like giving a good performance, which makes it all work. Like James Caan is totally giving as good a performance in Elf as he gave in The Godfather. And nobody will ever be able to uh-huh. convince me otherwise. Yes. Yep. <laughs> and and, uh, and it's the same way in Enchanted. James Marsden is absolutely delightful. In that movie. Yes, you're right. Yeah. Yep. So that's the key. And uh, it's just, and it's got such a good script, Elf. I, I will never not laugh when he goes into the, to the coffee shop and congratulations, <laughs> you did it. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. And then when he's later, you sit on a throne of lies. <laughs> uh huh. Well, and how many times do people quote that? You know, it's kind of yeah. like Wizard of Oz. You know, most day you're yeah. gonna hear some quote from right. that. And same with Elf. Maybe Dumb and Dumber as well. Yeah, that's another that's another good one. Uh, very good. Okay, uh, which do you like better, Scrooge or the Grinch? The classic Grinch. I mean, mm-hmm. I just have so many memories watching that on TV yeah. when it you know would come out. You had to watch it at a certain time, or you wouldn't be able to watch it for a whole another year. Right, and just such great storytelling and. Mm. And again, we mentioned the Grinch in the book as well. I tried to bring in my favorite things about the holiday season <laughs> and work it into the story. It's so good. Just the song alone is hilarious. And this, I couldn't understand this most recent version because they totally treated the song like an afterthought. You hardly even knew that it had happened. Like it wasn't, I don't know. It was just, I was like, what? What were they doing? Because that song is so funny in the original shorts. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, given the choice between the two of you, I'd take the seasick crocodile. <laughs> right. Yes. Don't mess yes. with it if it's not broken, right? <laughs> the three words that best describe you, and I quote, stink, stank, stuck. <laughs> I yes. want to go watch it now. Yeah. <laughs> All right. What do you like better, clear lights or colored? Oh, this is a hard one, but I'm going with clear. I just feel like it's classic. Mm-hmm. Um, I do kind of like the blue ones, but I grew up, well, for three years, my family lived in Connecticut and people just had very simple Christmas decorations, like, you know, a spotlight on a sleigh outside with a you know, red velvety bow and some Mm -hmm. pine stuff. And then like the fake candles in the window and white lights. And it was so classy. So I think that is my go-to. Very good. Would you rather be in a snowball fight or build a snowman? Hmm. If it was the snowball fight in Elf, probably not. I'd opt for the snowman (laughs) because I'm not a very, I don't have great aim, but I, I think it's fun to see the kids build a snowman, to do that. And the conditions have to be right. And sometimes in Michigan, the conditions are perfect. We had Mm -hmm. a massive snowman last year and Mm -hmm. just warms my heart. That's cool. Yeah, I lived up in northern Indiana, in Angola, Indiana, for a winter. And that lake effect snow 
There's nothing like it. It is intense. It is a thing for sure. <laughs> <It is. laughs> That's right. All right. Would you consider yourself a good gift wrapper or not? Well, if bags are considered good gift wrapping, I got it down. But my yeah. grandmother actually used to work like at a department store and wrap packages meticulously. And she mm -hmm. tried to teach me and like something just gets lost in translation. It looks pretty <laughs> in my head, but I always, you know, run out. I don't cut it straight. And so gift bags are a glorious thing. Yeah, that's a good thing. All right. Last question. Do you have an ugly Christmas sweater? What's your ugliest Christmas sweater? I don't really because I get too hot in sweaters. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, but last year, as a very Bavarian Christmas was coming out, I got several Christmas shirts that are not ugly. They're fun. And my <laughs> friend Mary Carver talks a lot about you know, Hallmark movies too as well. And she has a shirt that says like, you know, this is my holiday movie watching shirt and it has Coco on it. And then Annie Downs has a really soft sweatshirt at her shop that says like, is it Christmas yet? And it's got like the silhouette of Santa. And I still, I wore one of them the other day. You know, I'm just like, anytime I can wear those, I'm going to. And so I guess I have cute Christmas <laughs> clothes, no ugly ones yet. Yeah, you're like, they're not ugly. They're they're really they're great. <laughs> Very good. All right. Well, you passed the test. You answered all the questions. <laughs> I just say I just love what you guys do. And I know as a podcast host of two different podcasts, I know this is like it's work. It's fun. It's fun work. <laughs> but I hope everyone will just, you know, share the love, leave ratings and reviews for you because Thank you have you. a great show. So congrats. Well, we really appreciate that so much. And we will have a link in the description if people want to get the book uh we'll have our affiliate link that you can put in down there and uh but if people want to follow you on social media all the fun stuff how can they do that yeah so they can just look for katie m reed and reed is r-e-i-d um i'm on instagram and facebook and my website is katiemreed.com you can also find more information about the book at a very bavarian christmas.com there's the ebook audiobook paperback. And if you buy two or more copies of any format, we have a book club kit that we want to give you guys for free because I think it'd be so fun to gather your gal pals and do a book club or your extended family members. And so if you buy two or more, you can just go to verybavarianchristmas.com and access that. And it has like a deleted scene typed out. It has a Spotify playlist, some trivia, um, just lots, lots of things to make it easy for you to have a fun uh, Christmas book club. It's a great idea. Great idea. And you can uh, find us at Hallmarkies Pod and Hallmarkies Podcast, all of our social media. And uh, if you are listening on iTunes, like Katie said, please leave your ratings and reviews. It really helps us out so much, especially during this holiday season. We need all of those uh, positive reviews, five-star reviews on iTunes to help the podcast. And also if you are listening on YouTube, please give the video a thumbs up, subscribe to our channel. We appreciate that so much. We also have our merch store with tons of festive designs that are really fun. We even have an ugly sweater uh, Christmas design and we're getting some new ones for this holiday season. Please take a look at that. We also have our patron group, which is so important to us to be able to do what we do. And we really appreciate that support. That's all uh, information will all be in the description section. And you can find me at Rachel's Reviews, all of our social media, iTunes, YouTube, 
and on Rotten Tomatoes. So please check that out. And uh, they can find the book uh, on Audible and anywhere you find uh, find books uh, in on Amazon. Like so we'll have our Amazon link uh, in the description. And thanks so much, Katie. This was so much fun to talk with you. I had a great time. And good luck with the book and everything. Congratulations. Look forward to the sequel. Uh, thanks and, so uh, much, Rachel. Yeah. <laughs> Merry Christmas, everybody.